0: Our podcast is totally funded by you, the audience. If you'd like to help us with the podcast, just go to our Patreon page and subscribe. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. You get all the episodes in video format, HD video format, and you'll also get a lot more stuff when you subscribe. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash. Pretender to Contender. Quiet, please. Please be quiet. Quiet, please.
1: I think in order to be happy, you know, you gotta lie to yourself a little bit. Like, I tell myself I look like sexy George Costanza. (laughs) (laughs) But I know I really look like prison Larry David. (laughs)
0: give me a little that harmonica oh yeah
1: it's not in the right key man it's not in the same key
0: (laughs) Uh, anyone in the podcast world is gonna know that your your harmonica isn't in the right key to match the pretender to contender theme yeah it's just it would sound awkward (laughs) (laughs)
1: are you still uh, playing with the band
0: no i kind of miss it dude i haven't touched my guitar in like god two months i haven't even like strummed it mm-hmm. i dropped out of that band because well i was in it longer than anybody else everybody else dropped out of the band and then there was nobody left. So I just kind of had to, I had to stop. And <laughs> I, I, when there was no one left, uh, they wanted me to still be in it. She was ready to give me a free pass. The woman who ran the um, School of Rock over there, she was going to give me a free pass because, you know, they do these shows every three months in front of, you know, it's mostly kids' parents. And, you yeah. know, but there's like, there's like, th- three adult bands in it Mm. and uh everybody dropped out because it was just they couldn't afford it it was like no dads out there could 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 make sense of why you were spending like 300 dollars a month to be in this band yeah
1: i mean i guess you guys could just meet up outside of the
0: school well that was the plan but even uh you know the one guy that i made friends with here in new rochelle Went and bought a electronic drum set because he wanted to, you know, save space in his house, and uh, and then his job got really busy. We were supposed to go jam at his house once a week, or him to, you know, bring his drums at my house. Um, I got I got to say right at the top, I'm like I'm like (laughs) I'm buzzed right now. Uh, I had a couple of drinks. And and I have like a, a strong drink right here. It doesn't look like a strong drink, but it's like a, a lot of tequila, oh, which is a, a little a little bit of a margarita mix, and then a hair of pomegranate juice. Oh, fancy! Uh, yeah, it's a little fancy, but um, it's my last subject for this week's podcast. But I guess I could start with it with which is my wife's out of town with my daughter. My daughter has spring break this week and my son doesn't because mm. he goes to a private school and uh, th- they flew to St. Louis today. Wow! So they're, so they're away. Why St. And Louis?
1: She's there for, on work.
0: No, my wife, believe it or not. Um, my wife's mom is from St. Louis. So she went with them and uh, my wife has family in St. Louis. Cause that's where, you know, Her mom grew up and my, my daughter loves, you know, my daughter freaks out if my wife ever goes away without her, Mm -hmm. loses her mind. But this is a trip that, uh, this is the second time I think she's brought my daughter to St. Louis and they love it. My, uh, my mother-in-law grew up like really crazy wealthy in, in this really rich area of St. Louis and uh like i've seen the house that they grew up in and it was like fucking crazy huge Hmm. heard my wife's um mom this is hard to talk when you when you had a few drinks uh her mom uh her dad owned this licorice company called switzer licorice that was like huge and they sold it many years ago for a lot of money and they just they grew up in this huge house and had a live-in live-in nanny that whole thing and um all the money's gone now though which Mm -hmm. sucks because uh one of the reasons is is my wife's um my wife's grandma lived to like 96 years old and she was accustomed to this great lifestyle because she grew up with all this money. So in her later years, she was in a really expensive assisted, assisted living place in her like late 80s and 90s, and that milked through a lot of the money. And my wife's uh, mom has five brothers and sisters, so having a lot of kids in the family milked through the money. Gotcha. We got a uh, little bit of it.
1: My my uh. My story actually ties in with that a little bit with li- licorice.
0: <laughs> it does. It does. How does licorice connect?
1: Well, I just had an amazing weekend with Frankie. Uh, we we just walked around my my neighborhood. We um and we didn't really have a plan in mind. Just we're like let's stroll, let's figure it out as we go along. And we went to this uh, sw- Swedish candy store that we've seen a thousand times and always meant to go into, but we finally went in and uh-huh. there's a velvet rope in front of the door. So you can't just walk in. You have to wait for them to undo the velvet rope. It's a tiny store, you know, and there's two people working there and all these bins of candy and uh, ice cream and chocolates. And it looks like something out of a Wes Anderson film. Like if you've ever seen uh, the Grand Hotel Budapest, it looks like something out of that, all pink and yellow, pale colors. <clears throat> and these two young people who were working there, you know, they were probably in their mid 20s. They're just like gi- giving you samples. You know, they're like, we're like, what are your favorite candies? And they're like, oh, well, we'll go through our favorites each of every type of candy. So they were like, this is our favorite sour. This is our favorite licorice. Which one of ours do you like better? This is our favorite chocolate. This is a, you know, it was we basically ate 10 candies each before we actually bought anything, which was too much, but it was, it was still very fun. Is this hey.
0: one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. Uh is this, is this one of those places where you buy a lot of candy and then you have to throw it up there and they weigh it and you yeah, do you ever notice yeah. those those places are always seem like a big rip off, right? You're like, What why is that twenty dollars? <laughs> like it just <laughs> it's like the the worst way to buy candy ever
1: but you know here it actually made sense um just because they get they're so liberal with their samples you know we we fucking ate twice what we paid for so
0: it's it was worth it i love that this was like a topic you wanted to work into the podcast today the time you and frankie went <laughs> to get candy well like- <laughs> nothing bad happened we just went to get candy
1: well i just wanted to talk about how like fun our weekend was we just were laughing and we went to this bar this really cool bar called the antler room right across the street literally across the street from the swedish candy shop bonbon bon. and we just uh you know we got a beer cocktail you know it was just What's like that? or actually what was it it was just like beer and white and like champagne with bitters in it and like a germany thing uh we're going very nordic this weekend i don't know and we were just sitting there and they had like a pac-man machine and it was just like a cool bar where everyone's hanging out and their mo- old movies playing on screens and not too loud the music wasn't crazy but like really good speakers and like good selection
0: doesn't it seem like this i don't know if i'm wrong and i'm I'm hoping i'm right because i'm doing this whole remember when show Hmm. but it seems like retro stuff is all of a sudden getting really popular like um i saw some artist on his youtube page talking about how he put his newest album out on cassette and he was all excited and he was like playing the cassette on it he's some country artist that has like millions of followers and uh it's just weird how all of a sudden uh this old vibe is coming back like i've been talking to this other guy um who's putting this whole hot sauce thing together for me like he's branding my own hot sauce i'm gonna have him for sale at the show i'm doing in philly which is gonna be hilarious it's called lady's choice that's that's my brand (laughs) that's my uh my flavor of his hot sauce and he why why is it lady's choice well, the artist made this. I wish I could show it on the screen, but I can't. He's not completely done yet, but he goes with this whole comic book vibe on all of his labels, and he's he's made hot sauces for different comedians, like Aaron Berg had one, uh, and this uh, Chad Zumach. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. He had one, and uh, and he this this guy loves comedy and loves comedians podcast so he's always like sponsoring podcasts and you know promoting his hot sauce on comedians podcast so and he told me chad Zumak sold a lot of this uh hot sauce at his gigs and i go you should make one for my remember when tour and i go um and i was telling him the whole roller skating bit gotcha and he did this this artist did this hilarious looking illustration of like a me, it's me with a mullet and in an earring, and I'm wearing an Asia shirt and a and a and a members only jacket and parachute pants and roller skates and Asia the band or the Steely Dan the, album? The band, okay. That's Aja. Oh, okay. Isn't it? I don't Aja. That. That's Aja. Whatever. <laughs> I'm amazed you even know Steely Dan because you're young. But you're like a jazz guy, so you probably that's why you know Steely Dan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. uh, So. What the hell was I just saying? Bring me back to earth.
1: The hot sauce, ladies' choice. Hot sauce.
0: So uh, yeah, he made this hilarious-looking illustration of this really unattractive girl (laughs) with like headgear on. I wanted her to have the scoliosis brace, but I thought that would be just so mean. No one would buy the <laughs> no one would buy the hot sauce. <laughs> so she's this unattractive, big haired girl with all the bra- you know '80s looking, and she's got her arms like you know when you slow dance in a roller skating. Like she has her arms around my neck, and my arms are just to the side, <laughs> and it almost looks like I'm looking into the camera if there was a camera, like like nice. miserable that i'm with her and then it you know it has like a caption like you would see in a in a in a comic book and it says uh this <laughs> next special is a couples only and then it just says lady's choice really big like that's the brand name and it's hilarious and he's got a little dj in the background with like a cummerbund and a bow tie and the guy's got the journey escape album in his hand and it's like It's like if you if you look really close, you can tell it's the Journey Escape logo.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: that sounds that's such a good. uh, I mean, you painted the picture really well, but I'm sure it's art. The art is great, and uh, and the artist
0: is really good. That this guy uses, Um, I almost feel bad for these guys out there that are so good at art, and it's like they don't and, and they'll do it for such low amounts of money, you know hey man we do the same thing for i I know and i felt i feel bad it's like i wish i could pay the guy more or i'm not even paying him the the hot sauce guy is and i just have this feeling that a food item would sell after my shows oh hell yeah
1: i think it will i think you're gonna make bank on that
0: i'm gonna have to see my wife gives me shit because she goes it looks cheesy when a comedian's done his set and then he promotes what he's got for sale She's like, just say goodnight and let the MC promote it. Mm. But like for some reason, whenever. Well, first of all, if you're selling hot sauce, (laughs) like you can't not mention it. You got to like explain it or they're going to be like, what? Well, like I want to I want to make it sound delicious because it is. I've had this guy's hot sauce. It's amazing.
1: You could do it uh, in a joke somewhere in between, you know, somewhere in the. You know, be like back in the the roller rinks, they only had like uh, Tabasco. It was before they had good hot sauce or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's
0: funny. Like I'm learning all the lingo. Like there's a there's a name for that bottle mm. that, and I don't remember what it is. But there's a certain name for that bottle that Tabasco comes in. That's like the common hot sauce bottle, mm. but it's tiny. This guy makes big bottles. They almost look like uh, like what like uh Paulie and Rocky drinks his whiskey out of like those guys that put the whiskey in the paper bag and swig it. I don't know what that is called. Is that called a leader? I don't I don't know. Paulie?
1: Who Paulie? Who's Paulie?
0: Paulie's the the alcoholic brother-in-law, Adrian's brother in the in the Rocky movies. Like you know, I'm just saying a typical drunk <laughs> that walks around with the with the bottle of whiskey in the paper bag. Yeah they don't want to they don't have a big bottle they have that small like if i could guess, oh not an eight inch bottle i don't know court, what size that court
1: is. or a pint or whatever a
0: pint maybe yeah you're probably right a pint yeah probably like a 12 dollars bottle of uh of, I know those of whiskey
1: i know those like rectangular they almost look like a hard candy
0: yeah yeah half pint huck Karinsky says half pint gotcha I feel like only Huck is watching our and listening to our podcast right now. And it's not Huck, it's Kier. Kier, when you gonna when you gonna why why is your YouTube your son's name? (laughs) This guy's (laughs) the greatest dad ever. He's like promotes his son like crazy. His son's really into BMX bikes. Cool. His son broke a world record like a couple months ago for the youngest kid to do a backflip on a on a BMX bike. Yeah. Props and And that. I don't know if Hawk let us know or Kier let us know uh, if he he was gonna buy a uh, a BMX park like a an existing one mm-hmm. and then own it. I was like, he's always telling me these things that but then he ends up not doing. It. He was gonna buy a, a bowling alley at one point and he was gonna put a comedy thing in it and he was gonna book me there. Whatever happened with that, Kier, what happened with the bowling alley?
1: Joe, whatever happened to your comedy club? You were going to
0: own a comedy club. too' That's true.
1: Whatever I, happened.
0: I told you I have a new version of that. Oh, which what is, is instead of opening a comedy club mm-hmm. where I have to book other comedians, like that didn't really interest me, you know. I didn't really I don't really view myself as some genius businessman. I think I would go under fast if I opened a comedy club. Yeah. But I would like to get a residency for this Remember When show in Atlantic City and get a venue to let me use it in one of the casinos. And uh, so then I would let, it would be like you owned your own comedy club, but you're the only one who does shows there. Like, that, that interests me. and That's and a I was great getting, idea. Yeah, I was trying to get, like, um, I wanted to get some backers, and, you know, because it takes a little bit of money. But I could try it for a month to see if it would work. Because that's where my fan base is, that Philly, South Jersey area. So I Mm -hmm. thought Philly, South Jersey people all go to Atlantic City. And then you got the tourists on top of it. (laughs) Why not just do it in Philly or something? I I thought of that too, but then I thought, then you'll run out of people. Mm, That's true. If you did it in a... It's like if you're in Atlantic City or Vegas... That's yeah. like doing it on a cruise ship. It's like new people every week. Makes sense. The only negative is they're those very touristy people. I mean, if you've ever seen, I don't love doing shows for people that are in casinos. Yeah. It's usually that. that I, I don't know. I mean, I
1: have I know I've told you this a billion times, but like, I think you'd kill it on the fringe circuit. I think they'd love you in Edinburgh. I think they'd love you. In there's a lot of giant fringe festivals. There's Edmonton. There's a whole. I know this guy, uh, Marcus. What's his last name? Whatever. He's a he's a um, Australian comedian.
0: What's up, Chris Daniele? But you, it's really hard to make. I, I think because I have a wife and kids. How do I go to a fe, a a fringe festival and mm-hmm. make no money? I mean, you know how many comedians I know that have gone to Edinburgh. And they're performing for two people every night of the week for a whole month straight, and they end up losing like three grand, four grand
1: when they're yeah there. yeah. But I think I think first of all, you're a veteran comedian. You've been doing it thirty years or whatever. Yeah, but
0: that doesn't mean I'm going to draw people to see my show when I'm in 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 Scotland.
1: That's true. But I think you'd get like a review because of your credits. You've you have credits already. You know, I think you'd get a leg up probably somehow yeah
0: Yeah, i'm a i'm a little bit negative because i've been in this business so long i think that is a little bit of my problem i'm supposed to go to england i told you that that's supposed to be in july i've been communicating with the guy and he's gonna have have me there in july so let's well, the main topic for today's podcast and i wanted to talk to you about this because you uh you texted me this i think that you were really loving this show winning winning time the mm-hmm. the rise and fall of the that's what it's called, right? The rise and fall of the the dynasty, the Lakers. the Lakers
1: dynasty, the rise of the Lakers dynasty or something. It's
0: not the rise and fall. I don't think so. It's just the rise. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: rise of uh and the rise of the Lakers dynasty and the fall of Magic Johnson's white blood cell count.
0: See, I can't tell if you and I love this show. Like I have a mm-hmm. few friends that told me to watch it and i like i'm already done i already watched the the six episodes me too me too. me too yeah and like my, the the people that recommended it to me are like oh god i've only watched two and i'm like i couldn't i couldn't watch it fast enough same I'm and uh team. my wife fell asleep on the first one and i was like you 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 shouldn't have fallen asleep cuz this show is awesome yeah. My wife likes sports and, and like what you said, the show's so good that you don't even like need to be a sports fan. Like it just it's so well put together, right?
1: I do I do think it probably if you're not a sports fan, it trends towards dudes because you know there's a lot of hot ladies in there, you know. Well, I'm... it's
0: very uh sexual and like I don't think I can watch that show with my mm-hmm. son. I wanted him to watch it because he would love it. But it's a little too graphic to watch with your 14 year old son, right? Like they're like having sex and showing it all. A little awkward, yeah. And and nude guys all over the place in the (laughs) locker room. Why do they always do that?
1: Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe women do like it for sexual reasons too.
0: For the naked guys. Not many women care about naked guys the way guys care about naked girls.
1: I mean, you're probably right, but I think there are some women who do. Women with high sex drives.
0: That well, I don't know, but it's like they're sh- just showing guys in a locker room, like taking a shower. I mean, I I don't know. I bet that... Fra-
1: I bet Frankie would be into that.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. You haven't watched any with
1: her? No, I haven't. We we just we just finished Curb, and then we just, she's watching The Sopranos, so I I started watching that again with her.
0: Oh look, somebody from St. Louis just said hi.
1: Hey, Tony, Tony Viviano, Viviano.
0: Oh, Tony Viviano, hey, from St. Louis. Did you hear me, Tony, say that uh, my wife and daughter and my mother-in-law, they're in St. Louis right now. They're probably near Washington University. Do you live anywhere near there?
1: Stop doxing your wife, Joe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not giving the exact <laughs> Um St. Louis is weird. It's got um, a lot of crime. Very, there's some really bad areas in St. Louis. Yeah, you, you don't think St. Louis as like this crime place, but like it's bad.
1: Well, isn't there like a bad side and a nice side, like across the river? Or is, and there, isn't there two St. Louis? There's like one in Kansas and one in Missouri.
0: Maybe <laughs>
1: I don't know, is there? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not even drunk, I don't even have the excuse. <laughs> but uh joe have you you ever go hang out in flushing queens
0: uh i have a story about flushing queens a little bit but uh i haven't hung out there but i have a can can i'm 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 curious why you're asking me
1: oh because i was just hanging out there with frankie that was part of our our lovely weekend but that's that's kind of my old haunt you know not I would just drive there went from New Rochelle all the time to go. eat. Have
0: you noticed that there's so much Asian? Well, first of all, my mother-in-law yeah. had two foreign exchange students from China living with her. They were going to uh, Iona Prep High School. And, uh, you know, you get money to put these kids up. And she had two Asian kids living with her for two years. And they would go to Flushing every weekend because that's where you get the very authentic Asian food. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, when you get off the train in Flushing, it literally sm- <laughs> smells like soy sauce. Like I go, what do they have? Dipping stations out on the sidewalk? That's what I said. It's it's such a strong smell. Have you know did you guys notice that? Did you have Asian food when you were there?
1: Yeah, we went to the, the Grand Flushing Mall. They have this giant food court. Where they get like Malaysian, Korean, uh, Chinese, Thai, everything, and there's like 20 different restaurants, and they're all like high quality food, but it's in a food court style.
0: And you and your your fiance just went to f- took a subway ride to Flushing, yeah, just for the food. Pretty You're much, like, let's go
1: to Flushing. We we're thinking about going to the Louis Armstrong Museum, but we couldn't Where's get. That? It. That's right in Flushing. It's right there. It is. Yeah, it's his old house. turned it into a museum oh i didn't even know he was from there he was also addicted to laxatives i thought i think you should know that he was addicted wow
0: really like one of those like instead of uh, being anorexic or bulimic he would just like try to shit all his weight out i guess so
1: he was actually the spokesperson for this laxative company called swiss miss which i know is the the ch- Hot Chocolate Company, but I don't think they're related. They might be. <laughs> I-,
0: I can't name one other song except uh, there was what's that one song? What a Wonderful World. Yeah, that's all I can think of by Louis Armstrong. Is there another? Oh, wait, what's another one?
1: False uh, Hot. Uh, I mean, he did a lot of things with um Ella Fitzgerald. They did a lot of duos together. Did he nope. sing Mammy? I don't no. know. Maybe, maybe oh, Car- Caravan. I think he's saying he's saying a lot of like just jazz standards. But he basically popularized slash invented popular jazz, you know, like came up from Louisiana. He was like he was an orphan. He, he lived in an orphanage. He learned he played with the orphanage band. Then he he went up to play with this like trumpeter who was really good in Chicago, kind of apprentice with him, and then moved out to New York and blew the fuck up and and eclipsed everybody and made jazz the music of the day it was the pop music because of him basically. And oh, then, he was
0: huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do love Louis Armstrong, but I mean, um, uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> do you like licorice though i do love licorice <laughs> uh back uh, i got jarman jarman farm uh <laughs> which wrote on the screen i don't know if that's his real name jarman farm <laughs> uh, he asked when am i coming back to the stress factory and um uh, i actually just got rebooked at the stress factory but to do the one in connecticut it's funny that you asked that, The June 16, 17, 18, I'll be in Bridgeport, Connecticut at the Stress Factory doing my Remember When show. If you want to come out. That's, that's my, my birthday. birthday. Is it? June 17th. How old are you going to be, 33? 36, 36, motherfucker. 36. holy shit. I know. But you're way younger than that.
1: It's brutal. It's killing me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here, here was a question I had. This This connects with winning time. Mm-hmm. the show that we love on hBO first of all um John C riley's amazing in it uh and i and I had no idea about the coach like falling off his bike and <laughs> oh spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert yeah, yeah i won't i won't give it away but I had no idea and and there's if you notice that there's these sites out there for the show they must have known in advance that people are gonna be so into the show that they want to google the history because you're right. sitting there going, I don't I didn't know this, and then you start Googling it, and there's all these sites that are out there, like four people that are watching the show, giving you all the the facts behind it. Yeah. With the mafia hits and 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 I'm I'm sure um it's it's weird watching uh John C. Riley play like a guy. I mean, sure he's funny at times. But he's got a lot of drama to that part. And it's amazing watching John C. Riley play something that's not funny and and nail it. He's a
1: he's an old school dramatic actor. Like he did a lot of on stage, off Broadway and Broadway shit. That guy's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen him? Have you ever seen Brule's Rules? No. It's one of those like Tim and Eric type things. And he's just like he plays the dumbest guy ever. But he does it so brilliantly and deadpan that well, that's how- what he does.
0: in almost, you know, in Boogie Nights, he's the dumbest guy ever.
1: <laughs> but this is to another level. Like it's like <laughs> brain, like, severe brain damage. Dumb. Really? Yeah. It's but it's he he doesn't go over the line where it's like you feel bad for him. But it's it's brilliant. Well, um, here's
0: here's a question for the listeners: If if there's anybody listening live right now because I don't know, you're not a sports guy, so I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. But, um, well, first of all, the show's done so well that I think you could do it about any sports team if if you're going to do it in this really creative way that that show's put together, but... It, it, it helps that it's about Kareem and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like in his prime and Magic Johnson as yeah. a young guy. And I'm sure... I don't know. How, how many seasons is that show supposed to be? Do you know?
1: I have no idea. Because uh, that'll
0: be weird if it goes... Well, I guess it is going to go further because, spoil I mean, the first episode, the cold open is him finding out he's HIV positive.
1: Well, I was like half Many attention. years later. I was half paying attention when that was happening. I'm like, that's not him getting HIV. That's like some other thing.
0: That has to be because the guy's crying. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm sure it is now. How old do you remember where you were <laughs> when you found out Mag- Magic Johnson was HIV positive? Were you even born?
1: Yeah, I was like sliding down a slide and some kid yelled at me. Magic's
0: got AIDS. Really? Y- no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was... I was I was probably about 20 or 20 maybe 21 22 years old and let's see I'm 54 and you're 36 So God, yeah, so you were like two <laughs> right?
1: Yeah I was, yeah. Yeah.
0: I was in St Martin doing my one of my first road gigs ever as a comedian. I was there for a month doing stand-up in in the Caribbean. And uh, that I remember finding it out then, hmm. and it was crazy. And everybody was like, "All the rumors, oh like, he's gay. That's how he got it. Everybody knows he's gay. It's a fact, and like all this stuff." I thought he was secretly bisexual until two weeks ago. Maybe. Well, I mean, we'll find out when we're watching the show.
1: What I the hell's going to go
0: down? I
1: did a bunch of research, and I
0: I think he's not.
1: I don't think he is.
0: I don't think he is either. Uh, But he was definitely a player. You know, he was like, uh, you know, to the I don't know if he's to the level of Wilt Chamberlain, where he's having sex with 40,000 people or whatever his number was. But I'm pretty sure that ups your chances of getting HIV vaginally, you know, if you're putting up crazy numbers. So so my question was, (laughs) what other sports teams do you think? they could do a show or a series about that would make you want to watch it like can you think of
1: what other sports team
0: sports teams during what era would you go oh that that would be a great series to do it because that that's it's so interesting watching kareem abdul-jabbar they're making look like such an asshole by the way i wonder if he is Mm -hmm. that but, but he does come around and you're seeing him change now and get nicer yeah, I
1: like I like that he had like a moment of like, oh, I need to humble myself. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, I hope they show him with Bruce Lee because they they used to train together.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, um, well, they flash back to it at one point. One of the one of the players mentions Bruce Lee and Kareem. But I'm trying to think. Like,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't follow sports enough to. Like, I follow MMA and all that stuff. Like, I, I think that would be fun, like a fun recreation, like early UFC, you know, like, or just the very beginning with Hoist Gracie when it, the first,
0: when it first came out.
1: He had this little skinny Brazilian guy taking on these guys, 100 pounds bigger than him.
0: Well, one of my wife's favorite shows in the past few years was the, uh, what was the show about the UFC gym?
1: Oh, t- uh, The Ultimate Fighter?
0: no it's about a a couple that owns a ufc gym and their dysfunctional family i have no idea um shit really good show mm-hmm. but my wife ended up she'll she'll speed through shows so i don't even have a chance to go like <laughs> i'm so far behind that i just go find that's your show you can gonna have it <laughs> i don't i'm not i don't have time you just watch six episodes in a row uh, what the hell was that show called? Anybody out there listening? UFC show? It was on, um, it wasn't on Netflix. I don't know. I don't think it was on Hulu. I forget what network had it.
1: <clears throat> but I just want to say about winning time I know nothing. Like, I didn't know Kareem and Magic played on the same team. You know, <laughs> I, so I'm learning all this what stuff. What made
0: you even watch it?
1: Because John C. Riley's in it. That's it
0: that's literally, adrian adrian brody as pat riley's hysterical because they don't he's look amazing anything alike and i also, can't wait to see when he starts slicking his hair back what that's gonna look like
1: and jason siegel's in it
0: uh they got a great cast jason, jason siegel's good in it too
1: yeah he's killing it so so i think just like just uh it's making me love basketball like i i was one of those kids where I liked the Sonics back when I was like nine years old, and they were in the playoffs with the Bulls, and I was like super stoked. And then I moved to New York, and I never cared about basketball. You lived in Seattle? Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that. Okay. For
1: for, uh, like seven years when I was three to ten. Who was on the Seattle team? Do you remember? Gary Payton, uh, Sean Camp, Detlef Schrempf. I don't remember who else.
0: I'm I'm like a I'm a terrible basketball fan. Like I barely know know any of the teams, unless you know when the Sixers are in it. Like I went to the parade when the Sixers won the uh, NBA title in like '83, mm-hmm. when they had Moses Malone and uh, Julius Irving, and you know they had an amazing team. Uh, wow. I I remember going to the parade, but like. I'm definitely one of those guys that'll just start watching when the when my team's in the finals. I'm not mm-hmm. watching during the season.
1: Yeah, if I, I mean, I could get into it. I think I could become a basketball fan. But why start if I'm not one now? Like why, <laughs> why start? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you, maybe you want to. This this sh- this shows introducing you to baseball or basketball on another level. I'd I have- would think. I was thinking then if anyone's listening uh live, it doesn't matter if they're listening live because this will be a podcast tomorrow. But the ninety-three Phillies, if you if you ever did research on them, they were this real white trash, like blue-collar baseball team, and they made it to the World Series that year. Every guy on the team had a mullet. Like they were just and they all were doing like amphetamines and just partying like fucking like a few of them have died um like in the last like 10 years and you know it's cuz like either steroids or draw like a lot of them were on roids Lenny Dykstra was on the team he did roids lots of these guys were all steroided up and i i almost feel like there there could be a show about them cuz they were fucking crazy
1: yeah I mean, Which
0: is a, a teaser, but I just posted a, a YouTube video of this story of when uh, this guy, Mitch Williams, who was on the 93 Phillies, he was their closing pitcher that threw the pitch that Joe Carter hit a home run to beat them in the World Series. He was like the goat in Philly forever. Everybody hated this guy because he threw the losing home run pitch and then he made a comeback and became a broadcaster in Philly, and then he had this weird shit go down where he got in trouble for, like, throwing at kids in his when he was coaching his kids' teams and telling pitchers to throw at the batters, and then he ended up getting fired from the MLB where he was a, a broadcaster, and then he sued them for $2 million and won, but he'll never work in baseball again because he, he sued, you know, Major League Baseball. So it was like he got the money, but his career's over.
1: I was working with uh what's his name for a while? Jim Layritz. Jim Lauritz.
0: He I, was, I was on the Yankees.
1: I was producing his podcast for a minute. Uh he was a interesting guy, super pri- super Christian, but he like got he hit some lady and killed her. Like he was drunk, she was drunk too, oh, though. Shit, that's right, that's right. She was drunk too two drunk Uh, drivers hit each other yeah that's That's hilarious that's why he got away with it but who knows like she might have been buzzed you know i don't know if she was he was probably shit-faced
0: yeah when i drink i just i'm here in my office i'm not getting in a car i'm not driving anywhere yeah um it is a nice feeling i i haven't since corona covid like my wife and i have been in the same house like every day for like a few years now, like her not being here right now, it's weird. Mm. But it's 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 weird how you you don't realize it till you have it. It's kinda nice to have like like some separation, you know, just downtime. Like my son's fourteen, he can kind of take care of himself. So it's kinda like, you know, not complete. I have to take him to school at seven o'clock in the morning and then yeah. I have to pick him up from school from school at you know three o'clock in the afternoon so it's not like i can completely like go party every night <laughs> i gotta get up at seven o'clock or 6 45 a.m and drive them to school yeah but you get to
1: recharge you get to have some solitude you get some yeah. quiet you get some alone time you get i hadn't
0: i hadn't had a day in in two years where i just sit at my computer and, and do my work without my wife texting me going, hey, come and grab the dog. She's always like, grab the dog. He's making noise. like I, I, I don't know if, I, I, I bet some parents out there could relate to this. A few different times today, I swore I could hear my daughter, <laughs> she wasn't even here, going, daddy, look. Because it's like, there's a lot of that when you're a dad. Daddy, look. You know, just a lot of like, I mean I love giving her attention but there is a lot of daddy look yeah. <laughs> in my day.
1: Uh I I really fantasize about having a house one day that has thick doors that do not let any sound
0: come through and <laughs> <laughs> thick walls and you just can't hear jack shit. Yeah. We do have uh, I do like having this old house that I live in and all the plaster walls they're thick so You you can have silence, but no, that you can hear. You got to get some really amazing doors that block out the sound. That go flush flush a lot. You got to make them flush. Flush. flush.
1: There's no fucking gap in between. By the way,
0: dude, did you think of me in winning time in the scene when he spazzes out because the bar won't close flush? Um, I was like, oh my god, that's me.
1: Yeah, I I didn't think of you consciously, but I think I I was, I was like, this feels familiar somehow. <laughs> I didn't. He I loses
0: <laughs> lose his fucking mind. <laughs> 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 <Holy shit. laughs> I love that he never has his shirt buttoned up. It's always down to the like last button. I'm like, I love that there were guys that that's how they wore their shirts back then.
1: I I wear my shirt like that now. If I have a button down. I do you unbutton
0: it all the way to your belly button. Not quite that far, but like. Do
1: three you really? Or four. Yeah, it's, it's a it's an Israeli thing. So Is I have it? a lot a
0: lot of like my family does that. That's hilarious. So uh, what else? Well, I had this on the subject because I my brother loves to text me bad news. He texted me something today that said there's an indoor mask mandate again. No, where? For- in in Philadelphia, where I'm about to go, have to do a gig. I'm like, is that going to fuck me again? The Omicron BA dot <laughs> that's what it's called. God damn it! Yeah, is that? Did you know about this? Is I thought a, we were done. Me?
1: I I thought I thought everyone stopped giving a shit.
0: I think they basically said in the news that this is going to be forever for the rest of time. There's going to be mandates. Where it's people crazy. have to wear masks and there's going to be COVID forever now. Crazy. Is that, is that, does that make sense that we're never going to go back to how we were ever? I mean, no, because eventually aren't we all going to get used to it?
1: Like, aren't we going to adapt to it and get the fucking shots? I mean, people don't die from the flu anymore. I mean, maybe it'll be 20 years from now, but. Did you ever
0: get COVID? No. Me either. Yeah i feel because... like the only I know like six people that have it right now, but it's like they don't even have symptoms. I mean, it's, it's like can we stop caring about something that doesn't do anything? I don't... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna kill old people, but everything kills old people. I feel like it's not even killing old people anymore. Am I wrong? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't... I haven't heard about anybody. I don't know.
1: I don't fucking know. It's. I mean, I'm. I'm sure it can be really bad if you have immunocompromised thing, but then again, so can anything at that point. Yeah.
0: It's only killing my comedy career. That's it. <laughs> your
1: your comedy career is immunocompromised. <laughs> <laughs> what uh would it
0: what what else have you had going on this week that you wanted to talk about?
1: Um, well, I do want to talk about uh seeing you at Stand Up New York. That was really fun.
0: Oh, um, I forgot about that. I posted some of those clips. You know what's funny? Nobody cared about those clips. Hmm. i think it just was like it makes you like that's what's weird about social media now like the dumbest shit can get a ton of views like even my stand-up the most basic stuff is the one that gets the most views like the stuff that i think's a little bit more creative doesn't do as well
1: yeah it's interesting i i find the same thing it's got to be a spectacle that's really unique but also filmed
0: well. Um, Yeah. yeah. Being filmed well is like important too, which is annoying. You're like, well, how many comedians out here have like nine comedy specials that they can keep chopping and post it on their social media. I'm running out. I just repost the same. People would rather see the same shit than my (laughs) new stuff. If I just shoot it with a phone, they'd rather see the old stuff. That's from a special. I think I think you can you can take out
1: uh you can make a 15 20 second clip out of that um what I shot that would
0: do well potentially. I posted I posted a couple different things I posted the quiet oh, please thing. I posted uh one of the other things I thought was pretty funny and I can't remember what the hell it was. It was it was about the Olympics. I posted that mm. one about the Olympics.
1: It was just a, it was fun a fun moment, though. Like, it was such a fun <laughs> moment. You were, you were drinking your whiskey, and I remember before, you were like, don't watch me. I don't know what to do. And I was like, do the quiet, please. And I'm like, ah, I can't do that. That shit's old. All the comedians are old, told, done,
0: have seen me well, do that. that. Weird? It was weird that, uh, that that moment happened to make me be able to do the bit that you requested earlier and, and do it in a unique way.
1: Uh, yeah there was something i mean you're always funny but there was something very magnetic about you doing a british voice that like was it was interesting it was like it it matched your material well
0: yeah well i was trying to add british isms I was saying words like cheeky and like different words that I hear British people but, say and
1: but not even that just the erudite kind of like looking down on people a little bit like you're a little refined you're a little bit you know uh too cool for school you know mm. that that works with your worked with your material
0: yeah it was weird I'm like should I just go up and be a British guy from <laughs> now on because yeah when you're British well one I've always wondered cuz I am doing like this show coming up in London where you think is being an an American as exciting in in England as when an English person is doing comedy here in America is yeah. it as, is it as exciting to them cuz I remember getting pissed when all these British guys were getting talk shows like Trevor Noah Like it was to the point where it was like I didn't think they were giving them to British people because these British guys were so big and everybody loved them, so let's give them a talk show. It was like let's just let's give it to any British guy. That's what it almost seemed like. I'm like, who the hell was James Corden? Was he anybody before that? I think he did some game shows on the BBC. Did he? Yeah. It was weird, but it was like it was like America was like fixated on british to the point where you wondered if an american would if like if I, I used to think if i go live in another country would i be really exciting to them
1: yeah i think you would i mean didn't tom rhodes he was like a big talk show host in the netherlands for a while right
0: yeah yeah he was he was like the johnny carson of uh, of the netherlands for a while i don't know if he made a lot of money doing it but i know he did it yeah uh, I, I've been fascinated with that, you know. Of, of some point, I've said to myself, I, I want to live abroad for like a year or two at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Just want to try it. But it would be fun to perform and live in another country.
1: Dude, the scene in Berlin looks awesome. There's some good comedy in Vienna, and Switzerland, Spain, Paris. I've, I've known people who've done shows all over, and. Yeah, it looks it looks good over there.
0: Yeah. Well, I hear Australia. Like I was trying to think of a way to break it into that. And my friend Eddie Ift was he was almost making it sound like they were more PC in Australia than they are here. Hmm. Like really, really hard on you. Not that I, I, I I'm not that kind of comedian that breaks rules.
1: Yeah. But I mean, if you said positive
0: racism, that might not work yeah well that's what that's the hard part when you go do these shows it's like you thank god when i go to london this guy that's gonna book me over there he's gonna book me to do like three or four practice shows yeah before we do the big show that he wants to produce because it takes a while to go oh they don't like this oh this pisses them off Oh, this (laughs) they do like like it's like really hard to know ultimately i always think it is about being you and you need to stop worrying about that so much, but there are certain things where they don't know. They don't know it. They don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It takes you a few shows to figure that out. But what I even said, I even said to the guy book of me, it was funny when I was a younger comedian, I went over there and I just bombed. You never realized. till you got older that you're allowed to, you do a joke that doesn't work in another country. They like it when you go, oh, like when you realize it and then you ask out of curiosity, well, what, why didn't that work? Or what, you know, what do you have? What is your version of this? And then you learn and and like, they like that. Yeah. If you act like a, like a jerk off, that's not going to work.
1: Yeah. You got to be confident and self-aware enough to one realize where it was, like what specific thing turned them off and you got to be confident enough to to like to ask you're allowed yeah. to
0: ask yeah okay. well, well, oh Oh. you don't have i remember like in montreal they don't have community college i didn't know that they have something called well they don't even have in between so i ended up writing a joke about that they either have college or no college <laughs> they don't have this like you know bumper college like america has like <laughs> called community college you're like oh it's good enough they don't really have that there yeah,
1: I was gonna say college with bumpers, but they wouldn't even get
0: that because they don't probably don't have bowling there. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. If they have bowling there, I doubt it. I never loved performing. Montreal is a weird one, and I used to hate that the comedy festival that was like the most important comedy festival in your whole career is in this city where your jokes have to be altered, and you're like, and you don't have time to figure it out. Like, the crowds are very... they, I find that they're very uh, conservative there. Like, they don't like it dirty. It was weird because then this... um, What did they call it when they would do it? They'd have these, like, X-rated shows over there. The Dirty Show, I guess they would call it. Yeah. And that became huge in Montreal. And I'm like... And then, and they have the most prostitution ever in Montreal. But then, like, if you were dirty on stage, the audience would get uncomfortable. It's like ridiculous. I'm like, you can, f- you can get like, you can fuck somebody right out in the corner here. Like, it's hilarious. I've seen clips. Can-
1: I've seen clips from Just for Laughs, and a lot of them are weird. The audience is weird, and a lot of them
0: they are weird. I've had weird ones when, yeah, when they tape it for television. Those crowds are sometimes they're like 90 years. old. I remember thinking I was going to I remember once <laughs> Howie Mandela was the host in Montreal when I did one of these galas, got my name completely wrong. And then he had to reset and reintroduce me again. Nothing worse than that. I didn't, he had to reintroduce me again. And then like nobody clapped. And there were people walking around looking for their seats but you're supposedly doing it's like you're doing letterman or the tonight show like they didn't want you to break had it, and then you got people looking for their like right in the front row I'm like this yeah. fucking this is ridiculous yeah i remember that just uh yeah a lot of curveballs in comedy
1: oh yeah the thing that gets me the most is when someone says you're going next and then or you're going Yeah, you're going next, and then they bump you, but they don't tell you they bumped you. So I'm getting my adrenaline
0: up. And then you're not next. And then
1: I fucking lose it, and I can't get excited again.
0: (laughs) You're next, but you're not. Yeah,
1: that kills me. That kills me when I'm, like, ready for them to call my name, and then they call someone else's name.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Well we're we're coming towards the end here, Andrew. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh anything else in the uh, world of Andrew Steiner?
1: Not really. I don't want to open a whole kettle of fish, but uh I don't know. We we could talk about uh a whole ethically non-monogamous shit and bisexual shit, but I don't, I don't want to open a whole can of fish at the end of the episode. <laughs>
0: You love the. Why didn't you bring that up at the beginning?
1: Because it's hard to talk about. I don't want to talk about it.
0: Oh, and, so why did you just bring it up?
1: I mean, I do want to talk about it, but I don't. Uh, it's it's a it's a vulnerable a vulnerable thing. You know, it's not easy to
0: talk about. You want to You wanted. You need advice in, on the situation.
1: I don't necessarily need advice. I just like. Uh, it's nice to to be vulnerable about something that I'm not talking to a lot of people about. Um, but I'm not ashamed of. Um, okay, I don't know, man. Well, another time, some other time.
0: <laughs> you always do that. You always do that. We've had so many podcasts where you bring up some huge subject in the last minute. You always do that. Speaking Why of Magic
1: that? Johnson, I started taking the anti-AIDS medicine. <laughs> I didn't fuck any guys, but I have some anti-AIDS medicine. I'm taking that (laughs) shit. (laughs) That's
0: amazing that he's like still HIV positive. And I I I don't know how many meds he's on to keep himself healthy.
1: Uh probably a lot. But no guy who's
0: playing him is so good too, by the
1: way. Oh, he's great. No, but don't think they got rid of it like in people. Like it's gone from people's body. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've like there maybe sometimes they still take the medicine just in case, but they can't
0: detect it at all. You, you don't think AIDS? You don't think uh, magic takes medicine anymore?
1: He might take medicine, but I bet it's undetectable in his it's
0: body. It's not that AZT doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. I don't know what the fuck that is. Wasn't that the big AIDS medication that uh, people were afraid to take it because they thought you would get you would you it, it would kill you if you took AZT? I don't know. It, didn't you see that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey where he plays the guy with AIDS? The Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, you didn't see that? No. Yeah, they don't want to take AZT because they're afraid it's going to kill you. But yeah. then it was what they were telling everybody to take that was HIV positive. Yeah. What do I know? <laughs> Nothing. Um. Yeah, man.
1: Well, Let's leave it on AIDS. Hope everyone... <laughs> I hope everyone is uh, HIV negative out there. And if you're positive, I hope you're taking your pills every day. I hope you got one of those pill planners. All
0: right, man. Well, this was a a fun podcast, man. I I probably will. I should never drink again on a podcast. I feel like my eyes are like slits.
1: Maybe start drinking. Start drinking with the podcast starting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's probably what I should have did. I had a few drinks before we started. <laughs> hey, my it's wife's right. out
1: of town. I had
0: to, yeah.
1: Let on. loose. You let loose.
0: All right, guys. Come and see me April 23rd. Big gig. I got to sell a lot of tickets to the um, City Winery. Remember when, April 23rd. Go to com. Get your tickets.
1: That's it. I don't I don't wanna plug anything.
0: You're not Which, plugging anything?
1: Uh just fucking, you know, all the shit. Instagram all the shit. Uh, Go to his YouTube
0: me. page. Go to his YouTube page, everybody.
1: Joe, we gotta make a promo video for your city winery where you're just swirling the wine. I was like, oh, this is good, but I wish I was somewhere more erudite. Like the city winery, April 23rd, come see me. Remember when <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right i'm doing a hard out right to our uh, our beginning theme is our ending theme thanks guys see you have a great week see you next monday at eight thirty. later oh support us on patreon the whole podcast has been scrolling at the bottom patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender there you go our podcast is totally funded by you the audience If you'd like to help us with the podcast, just go to our Patreon page and subscribe. Patreon.com forward slash Pretender to Contender. You get all the episodes in video format, HD video format, and you'll also get a lot more stuff when you subscribe. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Pretender to Contender. Quiet, please. Please be quiet Quiet, please
1: I think in order to be happy You know, you gotta lie to yourself a little bit Like, I tell myself I look like sexy George Costanza
0: <laughs>
1: But I know I really look like prison Larry David <laughs>